Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of The Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Hey there, so happy to join with you today. As always, we are blessed. Yes, not stressed, we are blessed. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to join with you today. Got a devil of a topic. <laughs> All right, let's begin with a prayer as we always do. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts and open our minds. With prayer, a blessing is what we're calling forth. We place our hand on our heart and we wholeheartedly say yes. Yes to infinite love, divine intelligence, wisdom, creativity, and clarity. Partnering up with the higher Holy Spirit self, we recognize that our true nature is perfect, whole, and complete. Taking this breath of love and gratitude together, we are the Two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of the Christ. Perfect love is flowing. We are grateful and thankful to declare that this coming together is a time of our healing. It's a time of clarity and expansion. It's a time of freedom and joy. We're allowing these spiritual qualities to have their way with us. We are willing to open our minds and open our hearts and to give to the Holy Spirit all the blocks to love. We are grateful and thankful to shift identification from the little self, the limited self, to the higher Holy Spirit self, the unprecedented, unlimited self. We are grateful and thankful that it is our very nature to express nothing but goodness. <laughs> we are grateful, we're thankful to share the benefits of our healing, our expansion, our clarity with all beings because we're one with them. In deep and abiding gratitude, we allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So very grateful, deeply, deeply grateful to pray with you today. Well, I am, as always, quite inspired to come together with you for a holy purpose. Oh my gosh, it is an amazing opportunity that we have to transcend time and space to join together. And our topic this week is about the devil. What does the Course of Miracles say about the devil? We're going to find out. <laughs> it's right here in Chapter 3, Section 7, Creating versus Self-Image. So it starts talking about the devil here. <laughs> and uh, gosh, I don't think I've ever heard a Course of Miracles teacher talk about the devil, but I'm sure some have. So we'll see what it says here. And I'm going to skip right to it here, where it says, You cannot resolve the authority problem 
by depreciating the power of your mind. So what is the authority problem? That, that's something that comes up quite a bit in our Course in Miracles conversations. Uh, who is the authority in your life? What is the authority in your life? Is it spirit? Is it something else? What is the authority in your life? Is it love? Or is it the ego? Is it a sense of lack? A sense of limitation playing small? What is the authority? So, uh, in uh, chapter 3, in section 6, talks about the authority problem. And so, we're, we're looking at that here where it says... The authority problem, this is the root of all evil. So it's not money, it's the authority problem. And what it says in the previous section, section 6, is that every symptom, the e and this is paragraph 7 of section 6 in chapter 3, every symptom the ego makes involves a contradiction in terms. Because the mind is split between the ego and the Holy Spirit, so that whatever the ego makes is incomplete and contradictory. This untenable position is the result of the authority problem, which, because it accepts the one inconceivable thought as its premise, can produce only ideas that are inconceivable. So, and it's, it talks about authority and authorship. So, one of the issues for us, or the fundamental issue for us, is who is the author of our life? Who is the author of our very beingness? Is it God, or is it the ego? Is it God, or is it the devil? This is the real question. What do we believe? So... If we believe that there's something wrong with us, that we're lacking, that uh, we should be punished, if there's a sense of guilt, then it really stems from this idea that we have made ourselves in a, a graven image. We've made ourselves in this ugly image, this less than image, this limited image. But if we're going to transform our life and heal our mind, we must accept that the author of our very being, the author of our life, is perfect love. It is God. It is the Creator God. And it is this author that creates only perfection. And therefore, that is our true nature, to be perfect, whole, and complete. When we hold some other idea of ourselves, that's when we get into a sense of, oh, now we're making stuff up. Now, it's such an important point, and it's almost really very challenging to wrap our minds around, but we have created this ego for the purpose of experiencing separation, and because of that, we feel this sense of lack and limitation. 
And it, it is the one problem that we're grappling with all the time. If you really just think about right now, if you consider what are some of the so-called, I know spiritual people don't like to say problem, but let's just say, call it a problem, feels like a problem, that you have, let's say in your relationship, just think of one headline problem that you have in relationship. And then think of maybe one headline problem you have in your workplace or related to your work, if you work. And then one headline related to your family that feels like a problem. Maybe one headline related to your body that feels like a problem. Maybe in your finances there's a problem. If you start to really boil these problems down to their essence, you'll notice that in every single case there is a sense of lack. There is a sense of feeling limited. And what is that but an expression of a belief in separation? Without a belief in separation, there is no sense of lack. There is no sense of limitation. So in all of that, it's, it's an expression of who do we believe is the author of our very being. If we believed fully and completely that the author of our being was the infinite creator, we would have no belief in problems. But because we suspect that we've created ourselves in this image of lack and limitation, we experience lack and limitation. So this is what A Course in Miracles is talking about when it's talking about the issue of authorship or the authority problem. It's the author authority. Who is the authority in our life? So it says now in section 7, creating versus the self-image, you cannot resolve the authority problem by depreciating the power of your mind. Now this is really valuable to understand because one of the ways that we look away from the solution to our problems is we look away from accepting responsibility and recognizing the power of our mind. The idea of taking responsibility for uh, what we have made of our life and our world and the things that we don't like, the idea of taking responsibility for that is so upsetting that we rather we depreciate the power of our mind. And this is so common. And most of us don't even realize that we're doing it all day, every day. And how, one of the chief ways that this shows up is we look at our life and we say, Oh, you know, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that situation out in the world. I don't like that feeling that I have. I don't like that. So I'm going to find 
a solution in the world, or I'm going to self-medicate, or I'm going to get somebody else to fix this for me. And all of these solutions that we try to come up with to solve the problem, where we're trying to solve the problem that we perceive in the world by doing something different in the world or getting the world to be different, we're not actually healing the false belief that created it. So instead of recognizing the power of our mind that made this situation or circumstance, we're saying, oh, no, this is happening to me, and I'm going to take action by trying to fix it or solve it by doing something different in the world. <clears throat> and by doing that, we're depreciating the power of our mind. So in order to appreciate <laughs> the power of our mind, we have to say, I am responsible for what I see, and everything is just as I wish it would be. And rather than trying to figure that out, or try to understand it, or to try and justify any of it, or explain it, we just accept, okay, I'm looking at this, it's not making me happy, but I do have to take responsibility for it. There's something for me to learn here. I'd like to be the happy learner. All things are lessons God would have me learn. I'm going to learn them. And I'm going to learn them now. I'm not going to delay by trying to manage and cope with this situation or fix this situation in the world. Instead, I'm going to appreciate the power of my mind. And I'm going to work with the Holy Spirit to purify and clarify my mind so that I stop creating this kind of an experience or making this kind of an experience in my life. So, it says, depreciating the power of your mind is to deceive yourself. And this will hurt you because you, you really understand the strength of your mind. You also realize that you cannot weaken it any more than you can weaken God. So the strength of our mind, whether we like to own it or not, we do realize the power of our mind. It's there. The realization is there in our mind. And accepting it is a huge part of our awakening and our healing. And we can't weaken our mind, and we cannot weaken God. Now, here's where it gets to the devil. <laughs> the devil's in the details. Okay. The devil is a frightening concept because he seems to be extremely powerful and extremely active. The devil is perceived as a force in combat with God, battling God for possession of God's creations. The devil deceives by lies and builds kingdoms in which everything is in direct opposition to God. Yet, the devil attracts men rather than repels them, and they are willing to sell the devil their souls in return for gifts of no real worth. This makes absolutely no sense. Now, it says sell their souls, in quotes, sell in quotes. So we can't really sell our soul, obviously. Uh, well, maybe it's not obvious to some, but uh, just a clue. The devil 
is just as illusory as the ego. <laughs> so, getting to that, it says, We have discussed the fall or separation before, but its meaning must be clearly understood. So let's get into this here for a second. A Course in Miracles recognizes that what some would call the fall, the fall from grace, is what A Course in Miracles calls the separation. And the separation occurred in the mind. It's not real. It's illusory. And it's this need to judge, to criticize, to have false idols. All of that is what creates the illusion of separation, which is the fall. So, it says here, in ter terms of the meaning of the, the fall or separation, and now we're in paragraph 3 of chapter 3, section 7. It says, the separation is a system of thought, real enough in time, though not in eternity. So, the system of thought, which is the ego thought system, seems very real in time, but it is illusory. It's not permanent. It's not eternal. It's temporary. It's temporal, meaning it's time-based. And in our experience of feeling that we're stuck in time, or temporarily uh, housed or lodged in time, it seems real enough. It says, all beliefs are real to the believer. All beliefs are real to the believer. And haven't we all had experiences where we believed that the orange one was better than the red one? Absolutely convinced. And then somebody says, well, did you know the orange one this? And then suddenly we realize, oh, the orange one is not better than the red one. The orange one is toxic. We need the red one. So, the belief is real to the believer. And it says, The fruit of only one tree was forbidden in the symbolic garden. But God could not have forbidden it, or it could not have been eaten. So, who, for, who forbid the eating of the fruit. Mm -hmm. It says, if God knows his children, and I assure you that he does, would he have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible? Now, you see, this is an important question here. God knows his children and would not have put them in a position where their own destruction was possible. God would not have done that. And not even possible, really, when you think about it, because we're eternal, infinite, indestructible. So it says, The forbidden tree was named the tree of knowledge. Yet God created knowledge and gave it freely to his creations. The symbolism here has been given many interpretations, but you may be sure that any interpretation that sees either God or His creations as capable of destroying their own purpose 
is in error. Eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for usurping the ability for self-creating. This is the only sense in which God and his creations are not co-creators. Okay, so what it's saying here is that this experience of eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for the idea that we could create ourselves. So we made the ego in order to experience separation and we've become identified with the ego, this separate self. But it's not real. None of it is real. That eating from the fruit of the tree of knowledge, this idea that we came identified with the ego, with separation, that we were in search of knowledge, and this is what caused the fall. What's true is that God has given us knowledge freely. It was already given to us. We are made in the spiritual image and likeness of God. But we've come to this place in our mind where we think we can create ourselves. And it says here, this is the only sense in which God and his creations are not co-creators. So God did not co-create this illusion of separateness. Because it's not created. Everything that God, the Creator God, has brought into being has been created. Everything that is illusory has been made by the ego. This is a very important part of this dis distinction that the Course makes between making and creating. In fact, the very beginning of this uh, section, creating versus the self-image, it says in paragraph 1, every system of thought must have a starting point. It begins with either a making or a creating. So if it's making, it's of the ego. If it's creating, it's of spirit. It says their resemblance, the things that have been made and the things that have been created, their resemblance lies in their power as foundations. Their difference lies in what rests upon them. Both are cornerstones for systems of belief by which one lives. It is a mistake to believe that a thought system based on lies is weak. Nothing made by a child of God is without power. It is essential to realize this because otherwise you will be unable to escape from the prison you made. So we have to recognize that the ego was made by our mind and therefore it has strength. Because everything that we make with our mind has strength because our mind is the mind of God. So it's just recognizing that this ego thought system is not no small thing, and don't we know it? But let's let's always remember that our focused attention can rise above it easily and quickly when we're partnered with the Holy Spirit. 
But we have to keep our attention on that. We have to truly desire that. So going back to knowledge, in the tree of knowledge here, it says, the belief that, wait, I'm going to back up just a little further here so we can make sure we're tracking this. Eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge is a symbolic expression for usurping the ability for self-creating. This is the only sense in which God and his creations are not co-creators. So we did not make ourselves even though we believe that we did. The belief that God made the ego is really what this is talking about is the belief that they are is implicit in the self-concept or the tendency of the self to make an image of itself images are perceived not known so here it's saying that we have a perception of ourselves as separate as bad as wrong and there's nothing about that that is of knowledge because it's false. We did not get our knowledge by eating of the tree of knowledge. We did not get knowledge after the fall. Knowledge was already given to us. And everything that is false is not born of knowledge. So these are terms, A Course in Miracles is teaching us to understand these terms so that we can clearly understand the teachings here that Jesus is giving us. It's so images are perceived and not known. And this is the whole thing in this world of illusion is we get tripped up every day, time and again, by our perceptions the meaning we've made of things, our interpretations. Remember Lesson 90, pain is a wrong perspective. It's a wrong perspective. And when our perspective is one of looking at things from the false self, then our perception will be incorrect. And all perception is incorrect. Truth is truth. There's no part that perception plays in the truth. We don't have perceptions of the truth. We know the truth. And when we know the truth, it sets us free. Now the knowledge of the truth is installed within us already. It's been fully given to us. And our escape from the devil is to remember that. Alright, that seems like a good place to take a pause and go to break here. Whew, yes, devil's in the details. <laughs> I'm so grateful to be sharing with you today. I'm enjoying this beautiful summer day sitting outside and you can hear the planes and the cicadas and all of that and uh, I am grateful to share with you. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio. 
where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Living the love, walking the talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. So happy to continue on here. And first I have to tell you I apologize. I've done this a couple of times lately. I didn't realize that my headset, while it was plugged in, my computer hadn't recognized it. We figured that out on the break. So uh, sorry for the loud planes and things like that. Hopefully the sound will be better. But uh, I just love to be outdoors. I really do. And uh, gosh, I just I love to be able to sit out under a tree and as long as I can get the Wi-Fi to reach, I'm good to go, you know? And I love that. Thank you, God, for that. Oh, so, sharing my summer time with you. And uh, just before we get back into our devilish topic, topic for today, uh, I'd like to share with you a bunch of things. So, tonight, I am in Atlanta. Very excited to be there at the Unity North Church. I'm going to join the Living A Course of Miracles study group there, and that'll be fun. And uh, then I have a number of workshops coming up this week. I'm going to be um, uh, the Unity North Church uh, on Saturday for two workshops. So tonight and then on Saturday for two workshops. Tonight is a, um, uh, it's, it's a, I'm visiting a study group, the study group there. But then on, uh, Saturday I'm doing two workshops. I'm doing my forgive and be free workshop and I am doing my seven simple steps for interrupting the patterns of fear. Uh, also on Saturday. And those workshops are on a love offering basis. On Friday, I'm also doing a workshop called Living a Course in Miracles. And that is uh, Friday evening at the Unity Church in um, Norcross. So going to be in, at two different Unity Churches there uh, in Marietta and then in Norcross. And I'm inviting you to come and share with friends, perhaps friends who are not in, uh, perhaps you have friends in the Atlanta area. So check it out. All the details are on the events page at Jennifer Hadley. Just scroll down to the Atlanta portion. And let's see, speaking of things coming up, uh, I've got Finding Freedom starting this week. This is my spiritual boot camp class. It's one of my all-time popular classes. been doing it for many years. It's uh, such a game changer for so many people. Uh, really powerful, deep transformation happens in this class. And uh, for many people, it's quite miraculous. 
And what's great about it is you can just follow along step by step and do the steps. And I'll, I'll be right there with you. I have a call every week where you can ask me any question related to your personal experience. So this is a great opportunity for you to really get uh, lots of love and support walking through your transformation. It's a game changer. So if you're ready for a game changer, you're ready to really uh, stop just reading and talking and listening to things and actually get in there and do some life-changing work, we can do it together. And I love that. And Finding Freedom, by the way, is the perfect introduction to my year-long class, my Masterful Living class, which will begin again in January. And so Finding Freedom lays the groundwork. It's a great time now to get in there. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, we have that um, back-to-school energy that happens in September, at least here in the United States. And uh, we really feel that shift and that change. And so this is a way for you to go uh, prepared. When the fall comes, by the time the fall comes, you will be really recalibrated if you get in there and do the Finding Freedom work now so that you can finish out this year gangbusters, living a miraculous life. And I would love to be able to support you in doing that. And we have all kinds of payment plans. We're willing to bend over backwards to make it happen for you if you would like to do that work and you're you're ready to do it. And I always say, if you're ready, if now is the right time for you, you'll know that. So you can just trust your intuition on that. And then some other things that are coming up. Uh, my spiritual counseling training intensive. I have one in England in September and one in Thailand in November. And these, you can come, you can do them, whether you have any experience at all, if you have any interest in having a spiritual counseling career, come check it out. Uh, People have taken this who have a lot of experience doing coaching and counseling. Therapists have taken it. Social workers have taken it. Moms and grandmoms have taken it. Um, All kinds of people in different phases of their life, and they have found it to be deeply healing and transformative. And for those of you who are professionals and can use continuing education or licensing units, uh, we can help you fulfill that, and it's a great way to get those needs met while having an awesome spiritual healing experience in a gorgeous place with beautiful people. So in England, in early September, in Salisbury, England, and then in Thailand in November. So one of the things I really like to do is to Invite people to come out of their element and do the work in a unique environment so that we can have a truly transformative experience. I just love that. I I find it very healing and uh, it's powerful. So uh, in addition, I'm tempting people to England uh, or to join me in September in Salisbury. We're going to do... A separate event, which is my Sacred Sites Tour. We're going to go to Salisbury Bath, Glastonbury, Avebury. And that's a wonderful opportunity 
for us to join together and have some fun for a long weekend. So that's uh, the first weekend in September. All are welcome to that. We have some spaces left. It's a small group. And then in October, I have two retreats. There's the Living a Course in Miracles retreat in North Carolina in the Blue Ridge Mountains at the Art of Living Retreat Center. And then uh, that's Columbus Day weekend and the following weekend, the Forgiveness Weekend Retreat. So I'm looking forward to both of those weekends. And some people are going to combine the two retreats and stay for the whole week like I'm going to do. And that's a wonderful opportunity as well. And then in November, we have the Self-Love and Extreme Pampering Retreat. Some people will combine that with the Spiritual Counseling Training Intensive. Self-Love and Extreme Pampering. And the idea is we're going to a beautiful resort, and we're going to get a lot of time, massage and pampering, have delicious food and wonderful adventures, but we're also going to do a lot of really deep healing work. I'm interested in supporting you in that. And so we'll also add a few days of sightseeing in Bangkok, if you like. You can add that option as well. So those are the things happening in November. And then in December, at the end of the year, there's the New Year's Reboot Retreat in North Carolina. So these are some of the events that are coming up. I invite you to join me. All right. Here we go. Back to our devil's in the details. Uh, so we're, we're looking at chapter 3, section 7, paragraph 4. We're talking about knowledge. So knowledge cannot deceive, but perception can. So this is what I was saying is knowledge has been given to us. Now we might have a veil in our mind about it, but the knowledge is still there. Perception is not knowledge, which is why perception does not set us free. Knowledge sets us free. The truth sets us free. It says, you can perceive yourself as self-creating, but you cannot do more than believe it. So in other words, you didn't create yourself. The creator created you. And so... While you might think that you've created yourself in the image and likeness of something bad or wrong or evil or ugly, it's not possible. It says you cannot make it true. And, Jesus says, as I said before, when you finally perceive correctly, you can only be glad that you cannot, (laughs) that you cannot make it true. Until then, however, the belief that you can is the foundation stone in your thought system and all your defenses are used to attack ideas that might bring it to light. Okay, so what does that mean? Our resources, our defenses are used to defend this idea that we're bad, that we're wrong, that we don't deserve to be loved, that we don't deserve to be cherished. These are the ideas that cloud our mind, and we defend them. We defend them. You know, I've had so many conversations with people as as a spiritual counselor. I've had so many conversations with people who try to convince me of their badness, their wrongness. It's it's a, a very common misperception. And it says here, Hmm. 
So that 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 perception that you could create yourself and that you would make a, a creation that's bad and wrong is the cornerstone of the ego thought system. And all our defenses are used to attack ideas that might bring it to light. It says, you still believe you are an image of your own making. Your mind is split with the Holy Spirit on this point, and there's no resolution while you believe the one thing that is literally inconceivable. That is why you cannot create and are filled with fear about what you make. So in order to create more peace, more love, more joy, more beauty, more wisdom, more clarity, and expressions of these spiritual qualities, of expressions of perfection, we must recognize who we are and who created us. So one of the antidotes to thinking that you're bad or wrong or you should feel guilty or ashamed, you should be punished, all those thoughts that they are the ever-omnipresent ego thought system, the antidote is to say, I am of God. I am of God. I am of God. I am of God. I am created in the image and likeness of perfect love. I am as God created me. I am as God created me. Remembering this is the way out of hell. It's the way out of thinking that we're the devil. It says here, The mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful, and this belief is the devil. The belief in separation is the devil. So the devil is not a being, it's not a tempter, it's a thought, it's a belief. That's all that it is. So when there's a sense of the devil operating in your mind, the devil made me do it, it's the belief in separation. Now, one of the things that I had started to say a long time ago was when I perceived those ego thoughts coming into my mind, I would say, get thee behind me. Now, I remember when I was in ministerial school, I had a class uh, with an Aramaic scholar, with a true Bible scholar who knew Aramaic, which was the language that Jesus spoke in, and then he also was a, a Hebrew scholar, which is the language that they wrote what Jesus said down in, and uh, he also was a, a scholar of Greek and Latin. And he was uh, an American, so he was an English-speaking person as well. So he was familiar with Aramaic and Hebrew at the time that Jesus was walking the earth. And so he said that uh, the, the, what Jesus actually said was slightly um, the interpretation of his saying to the devil, get thee behind me, devil, that devil, 
or um, Satan, the word choice that he was using was literally translated as crazy thinking. So whenever I have crazy thinking, I say, get thee behind me. Get thee behind me. So that's what Jesus said, as it's written in the Gospels, that he said to the devil, when the devil tempted him, he said, get thee behind me. In other words, go into the past. You're not part of my life anymore. You're not part of this present now living love experience. So it says, the mind can make the belief in separation very real and very fearful, and this belief is the devil. It is powerful, active, destructive, and clearly in opposition to God, because it literally denies God's fatherhood. Look at your life and see what the devil has made. But realize that this making will surely dissolve in the light of truth because its foundation is a lie. Your creation by God is the only foundation that cannot be shaken because the light is in it. Your starting point is truth and you must return to your beginning. Much has been said since then. Excuse me. Much has been seen since then, but nothing has really happened. Yourself, with a capital S, is still in peace, even though your mind is in conflict. You have not yet gone back far enough, and that is why you become so fearful. As you approach the beginning, you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system upon you, as if it were the fear of death. So I'm going to say that again. As you approach the beginning, you feel the fear of the destruction of your thought system upon you, as if it were the fear of death. There is no death, but there is a belief in death. So, this goes back to something that uh, I've been sharing about in the last few episodes of this broadcast, the past few weeks, talking about we love what we make because we made it. And so we love the beliefs that we've made because we made them, even though they cause us pain and suffering. We treasure them. And so going back to the beginning is going back to the place where we began to treasure this idea of separation, of making ourselves, creating ourselves, of creating ourselves as separate. And what is the tool that keeps separation alive in our mind? The tool, or the weapon really, is the way I think of it, is thoughts of judgment. All thoughts of judgment, all opinions are thoughts of separation. Because an opinion is saying, this is good, this is better, this is best, this is worse, this is less than, this is more than. And if it's all one, and it's all good, how can it be better or worse, less than, or more than? It's this idea that anyone could be better or worse. 
that we could be better or worse. These are the thoughts of separation. These are the judgments that keep our suffering going on and on and on. And you'll notice how you'll fight for your opinions. You'll fight for your judgments. Here in the United States, we're having our lead up to the elections. It seems like it's been happening for the last 40,000 years. Will it ever end? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's This election seems to, this campaign has gone on for over a year now. And it just feels like it's never going to end. But it will. And um, there's so much of a sense of separation. We see all the conflict and separation. Just, oh, it's... Uh, very much alive in uh, as it's it's being purged it's all being brought to the light right now and as we're finishing up this section here creating versus the self-image where Jesus talks about the devil remember the devil is the belief in separation and it says the branch that bears no fruit will be cut off and will wither away be glad so that's inevitable we don't have to wonder about that. So why cling to the branch that's ultimately going to be cut off and will wither away? It says, the light will shine from the true foundation of your life and your own thought system will stand corrected. It cannot stand otherwise. You who fear salvation are choosing death. And literally, that's what it means. Choosing death. Choosing to... Uh, be experiencing death and rebirth, death and rebirth, the um, karmic wheel. It says, Life and death, light and darkness, knowledge and perception are irreconcilable. To believe that they can be reconciled is to believe that God and His Son cannot. Only the oneness of knowledge is free of conflict. Only the oneness of knowledge is free of conflict. So notice that whenever you've got a judgment or an opinion, you've got conflict. They go together. Because the nature of judgment and opinion is separation. It is the weapon of mass distraction and destruction. It says here, your kingdom is not of this world because it was given you from beyond this world. Only in this world is the idea of an authority problem meaningful. The world is not left by death, but by truth. And truth can be known by all those for whom the kingdom was created and for whom it waits. The world is not left by death, but by truth. And truth can be known by all those for whom the kingdom was created and for whom it waits. So, we can only co-create. We cannot create without God. God is the creator. In the illusion we make things, but they are not real and have no power, no meaning. Only love is real. Love is the only power. And love is our kingdom. It's not of this world. It has been given to us. The full knowledge has been given to us. The truth is we haven't done anything wrong. 
Would we say that someone who plays a video game and kills people in a video game is wrong? That they're bad, that they're evil? No, we wouldn't. Would we say that the characters in a movie who are mean and unkind deserve to be punished in, in their real life? Would those actors need to be punished in their real life? No, they would not. The only punishment that there is, is our belief in separation. And we can let that go in an instant. We can have a miraculous healing. This is the whole thing. This is what A Course in Miracles is for. It's to liberate us from the sense of being stuck in time and space, repeating the same stuff over and over and over again. The end of that has come. The truth is our liberator. So we're choosing the truth. All right. Wowzer. Wowzer. So grateful to join with you today. So grateful to be walking on this path of love. I hope I get to see you soon. And for now, let us be the two or more who are gathered in the name and the nature of love for a holy purpose. Speaking this word of prayer, we gather together with the higher Holy Spirit self to recognize our true identity is perfect love. It always has been and it always will be. We are uncorruptible. The truth has set us free. We are grateful and thankful to claim it right here and right now and to activate it fully in our life, to shine it forth. We are grateful and thankful that our life is a life of love, unlimited, unprecedented. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you. By the way, we are well underway. We are doing a great job getting our transcripts done uh, for the radio show. We have, uh, we're posting all the transcripts for the Living A Course of Miracles class series. You'll be able to go and get those. We'll send you an email shortly. Uh, all those classes were free. Thank you so much to everyone who has donated to support the transcripts and the Living A Course of Miracles classes just been so wonderful to know you value these these opportunities for us to join together there's so much more so uh, take a look and if you'd like to make a donation remember this is listener supported radio please do you can make a donation at jenniferhadley.com livingacourseofmiracles.com unity.fm we love and appreciate you god bless you Mwah. Thank you for tuning in to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Join us every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Central for more tools and insights into how to express your beliefs from moment to moment, every day, in every way. A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by JenniferHadley.com, a global resource providing tools, insight, and support for those seeking to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Online at www.JenniferHadley.com. 
While there, we invite you to visit Jennifer's blog, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have become Jennifer's prayer partners through her daily power prayer. Like them, you can enjoy this extra support as you come to walk your talk and live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Things may happen around you, things may happen to you, but the only